Austin Pace here with BYU-Idaho Radio. I'm joined today in the studio with today's devotional speakers, BYU-Idaho President Alvin F. Meredith III, alongside his wife, Jennifer. Thanks for joining me, guys. Hello, We're happy Austin. to be here. Good to be with you. Awesome. All right, so President Meredith, you're entering your second semester as president of BYU-Idaho, right? So what insights have you gained from last fall semester that you want to implement in this winter track and for future semesters? I, I think the path forward is just building on the great foundation that's already here. Our, our mission at BYU-Idaho is to develop disciples of Jesus Christ who are leaders in their homes, the church, and the community. I've been involved in a lot of organizations over the course of my life, both in the church as well as in my professional career. And I have never been associated with an organization where the alignment to its mission is as tight as it is here at BYU-Idaho. I was interviewing someone a little while ago who was applying to be a a teacher in the automotive technology department here Mm -hmm. in BYU-Idaho. And I asked him how he was going to fulfill the mission while he's teaching about automotive technology. And and specifically, I asked him, how are you going to weave gospel principles into a class when you're talking about cars and engines? And without missing a beat, he said, well, if Elder Uchtdorf can do it with airplanes— I can do it with cars. Right. And that that type of that type of focus and alignment with our mission is just it's just something that we need to continue to to build on. There aren't there aren't changes that needed to be made here, but we do need to accelerate uh, and amplify the great things that are already happening here. Awesome. Yeah, I've really enjoyed like last semester is my first semester. I'm still a freshman, still brand new, and I've loved just being able to go into a classroom and mixing in the gospel topics with what I'm learning. I've loved that. I'm going into news and journalism, so I'm actually in a great spot right now. And it's super cool how we can really tie in those gospel principles into news and journalism. You know, sometimes the news and the media is portrayed as something awful and downpoured, but there's a lot of positive and we can bring a lot of positive. And I love that that's what BYU-Idaho is doing. Do you begin your classes in news and journalism with a prayer? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It's the we invite, best. We invite the Spirit to guide us in our learning. We um, on, on Thursday, Sister Meredith and I meet with a randomly selected group of students. We ask them about their experience here at BYU. And one, one of the students told us how amazed she was that she her the first class that she attended here at BYU-Idaho was a biology class. And she said, we started off with a prayer. And she said, I was just blown away that we were praying over biology and we told our daughter that story, and our daughter said, well, to understand biology, you really do need prayer. You need heavenly help on that. Yeah. So. Awesome. All right, so let's jump into your guys' devotional addresses for today. Um, so what was the process of getting your devotional addresses ready to go, and what inspired the topics? I think for me, um, my topic has been on my mind for a while, and I feel like it's perfect for the beginning of a new year, the beginning of a new semester, and honestly, I think the Lord's been preparing me to get this message for years. Um, it's a message that I have needed myself, multi- in fact, even this morning. Um, so I hope it'll be beneficial for the students today. Um, one of the things I'm very intentional about, particularly in my, in my role as a General Authority 70, but also as the president of this university, I'm intentional about being um, a prophetic echo. In these latter days, the words of living prophets and apostles are becoming more and more important. 
the message that I'll share today is uh, beginning with the end in mind. And that is a principle that President Nelson has taught for decades. Most recently in, in his um, October General Conference message, Think Celestial. And so for me, I started with what has the prophet been teaching and how can, my, how can I, in my, in my limited way, amplify his message? Yeah, awesome. So leadership and beginning with the end in mind seems to be a super heavy topic of conversation within your address. I only got it like 15 minutes ago, so I skimmed over it. And that's one thing that I really saw as a huge factor. So within the address, you link the topic of beginning with the end of mind to the creation. Could you elaborate a little more on that connection? And how can we as disciple leaders of Jesus Christ apply these principles in our own lives? Well, if you think about the, the creation and the account that we read in the Pearl of Great Price, all things were created spiritually before they were created naturally or physically. In other words, um, the creators of the world, um, Christ and, and uh, under the direction of Heavenly Father, started with a vision or a plan before they began the creation physically or temporally. And that's a pattern that's helpful for us um, in, 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 our lo- in our roles as leaders, but also in our, in our personal lives as well. Understanding where we want to go um, is the first step in any journey. Um, there's an old proverb that says, if you, don't, uh, um, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. And so having that direction of the end in mind gives us great direction, whether we're leading an organization, whether we're leading a quorum, um, or whether we're just looking for direction in our personal lives. So you start your address with the story of open water swimmer Miss Chadwick and her quest to swim the 22 miles from Catalina Island to the California coast. Could you explain a little bit on why you chose this story and the significance it is in your address? Well, it's it's quite remarkable. She there were there were two attempts. Um, the first one failed. The second one didn't. The first attempt failed half a mile from reaching the shore. This is a 22-mile journey she was swimming in open water with sharks. Um, and half a mile from the shore, she says, hey, I, I can't do this. And they pull her into the, bo- into the boat. She didn't realize she was half a mile from the shore. And she, she said later on, hey, I think if I could have seen the shoreline, I think I could have made it. And um, when, when she uh, made her second attempt... She was really intentional about keeping the shoreline in her mind. And she said that was what made the difference. That was what helped her persevere. And I think that's true for us in our lives. Um, there's going to be times that we, that we do tough things. We're going to encounter fog and the sharks of life. But if we, just, if we keep the end in mind, it can do a couple things for us. One, it can, it can uh, give us hope and kind of courage to press forward when times are tough. And, and two, it can give us perspective to make good choices. We all make better choices when we think um, further down the road. When we think about just what's right in front of us and what we want now, we won't make the best decisions. But if we think about eternal things and eternal consequences, then that'll help us uh, get some wisdom in our life. Right. And I loved in your in your address, you, you talked about President Nelson's address on thinking celestial and when we do do that, it's a lot easier to make those decisions like it was for her as she was swimming. I, I read the story and I was like, dang, half a mile short. Imagine going 21 and a half miles just to be pulled up into a boat. Yeah. 
And sometimes it's really hard. You know, we get we get pulled into the hardships of life. We the devil just sends forth all of his his terror and everything towards us to make us get into the boat, to make us give up and quit. But when we have, you know, when we're thinking celestially, when we think of what there is in store in the future for us, you know, if we're if we live righteous lives, if we fulfill the commandments, if we keep our covenants, we can achieve exaltation with our Father in heaven. And if we keep that in our heads, if we keep that in our minds, it helps us push forward. I remember countless people that I taught on my mission, I served in Mozambique, and they are very um, short, short-term people. They, they think about what they're going to do for that day and not any further. So teaching gospel principles was a little hard because we have to have them think about their eternal progression and what they can really do potentially eternally. And that was always such a hard topic. But once they grasped it, it was them constantly thinking about the future. And they were the biggest examples to me. Um, there was one, one, one young man that I baptized. His name was Jonathan. He was one of those where he thought about that day and he didn't think about anything else. And once he, once he t- partook of that covenant of baptism, he decided that he wanted to help others think celestially as well hmm. and look forward in life. So I'm super excited for, for your address. So could you see a difference in the people that you taught when they were thinking about that day versus thinking further down the road, thinking of eternal things? Yeah. And that was kind of the light switch for me and my companion that that person was ready to enter into the covenant of baptism. If they weren't thinking forward, if they were just thinking about that day, we, we still had a lot more to teach them and they still had a lot more to learn. But once they had that desire to think forward and to think celestially, it was, it was smooth sailing and they were ready to What's interesting to me is that that young man wasn't satisfied with just his own eternal progression, but once he caught that vision of what he's about, that he wanted other people to catch that vision as well, which mm-hmm. is so inspiring. Yeah. So I have to tell you, we, we, we did not intentionally coordinate our messages, but I do think that they're great companion messages. Sister Meredith's message is about can, um, and she talks about a lesson learned in Singapore she talks about lots of scriptures that that tell us we can do all things in Christ. And when we have that eternal perspective, it helps us to understand that we can do those things. And so I, I hope uh, I hope your listeners will take the time to listen to both of our messages and think about how they're complementary to each other. Yeah, I loved reading your address, Sister Meredith. I didn't get it 15 Thank minutes you. ago. I got that one a few days ago, so I've had time to really study it and, <laughs> That's and look more at it. That's because she doesn't procrastinate like I do. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the exact same way, don't worry. But um, that's kind of what I saw was that word can. So could you elaborate on a little bit of what that word means to you? Just the word can. What does that mean to you? Well, now it means that it reminds, it's a reminder to me that through Christ, through the atonement of Christ, I can do... I can become a new person, right? And I can do things I've never done before. Coming to BYU-Idaho, this has been a whole new experience for both of us. We've not had experience in higher education other than being students ourselves. And so there have been multiple times over the last few months that I've been asked to do things that I've never done before. And I just have to remind myself, I can do this. Uh, when we lived in Singapore, I actually picked up a little bracelet that just says can on it that reminds I can, I wear that actually pretty frequently. Um, but I've loved 
hearing that word in Singapore and then noticing that throughout the scriptures in connection with Jesus Christ, it has just been wonderful to me. And it's just a constant reminder that with Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ behind us and striving to become disciples of Christ and doing the things that he's asked, there is nothing that we can't do that's in the Lord's plan for us, literally. And I think we limit ourselves sometimes. But anyway, it's a, it's a simple little phrase that I, I remind myself of daily. Right. And it makes me think a little bit of when Moses, he was in that vision with God and he's just shown everything. And one thing that really caught my attention was that Moses, he realized not only his eternal potential, but the potential of every human being here. So we can do things. We have that eternal potential. Yes. And that's a lot about what Moses and what the Lord taught is yes. that we do have that potential. Yes. We've, there have been some situations. I remember um, in reference to that scripture, um, several, our youngest son was diagnosed with autism when he was two and a half and getting him to uh, attend church was, it seems really basic, but it was a super big challenge. And my husband was in Area 70 at the time, so he was gone most weekends. So I had my six children, and Christian was our youngest, and at two years old, it took us probably two and a half to three years to get him to sit through an entire sacrament meeting. And the one thing that kept me focused was just remembering that he is a child of God, that Jesus Christ loves little children. And if he wants anyone in sacrament meeting, it's the little children. And because I knew that, that divine identity, right, which is what Mm -hmm. Moses saw is his divine identity and potential, that um, I knew that there was a way to, to do this. We can do this, right? And it took week after week after week of stumbling through, okay, what worked? Did this work? Did this didn't work? But eventually... Christian, not only can he sit through sacrament meeting, but now he's blessed. He's not blessing, but he's passing the sacrament. And if you had asked me at two years old, if I ever thought that was possible, I would have said, maybe can, not. Cannot. Cannot. <laughs> <laughs> but we can. And I think that's what I hope every student and every employee re- is just reminded of today, that we really can do everything the Lord has, has asked us to do. Awesome. So you created an acronym with the word CAN, C standing for Christ, A signifying the atonement, and N, which reminds you of the word new. Can you elaborate a little bit on the meaning of each piece of that acronym? Well, I think first and foremost, Christ is, he is essential, foundational. I don't know what the word is, but for literally everything we need to do in this life, right? He needs to be the center. He needs to be preeminent. Um... And it's not just remembering that, but it's utilizing the atonement to enable us to do things. Sometimes we need the atonement to repent. Sometimes we need the atonement to enable us to do things that we haven't done before. Sometimes we need the atonement to heal, uh, to forgive. Those are such gifts that we have. And that's that's the path, right, to, uh, to, to return to our Heavenly Father. And in the process of doing that, we become new people. We become better versions of ourselves. We don't need to compare ourselves to other people, but we can become new and improved versions of ourselves that prepare us and qualify us so that we can return to be with our Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ. And um, I know through a lot of the just the, the situation I just mentioned with Christian, our entire family changed. We had to become more patient and more Christ-like and 
is just one example, but those are the, I think sometimes we look at trials and challenges as bad things. And I think it's better to look at them as opportunities to become more Christ-like, right? What am, instead of, why am I going through this? What am I to learn from this? So, um, and in the process of learning those things and applying those things, we do become, we become, we become better. Um, so it seems like your address was very similar to last semester's address, Sister Meredith, where you shared about scheduling time with the master daily. I saw a couple of comparisons in there. So what advice can you give a brand new freshman entering his or her first semester in school with respect to making time for the Lord every day while also still applying this CAN acronym? Well, I think if if every student will uh, prioritize the Lord in time with him every day, that will give us um, kind of going to what President Meredith, going back to what President Meredith shared and is going to share in devotional today, it will give us a vision of who we can become, right? It's it's all t- tied and connected together. But in fact, um, just yesterday I st- spoke with a student who is returning from his, he just finished his full-time service on Friday. He's a new student. First classes start today on Tuesday. And after I hung up the phone, I thought, I wish I had offered him just one piece of advice unsolicited. And that would be to keep those habits that you had as a missionary, to get up every morning, to study, to be with the Savior, to be with Heavenly Father in your personal studies. And as you do that, the Lord will enlighten your mind. The Holy Ghost will be with you. It's not that your day is going to be perfect, because I don't know if anyone's ever had a perfect day, but but it allows you to be guided by the Spirit and knowing how to handle the situations that you encounter throughout the day, right? And keeping a more celestial mindset, like as President Nelson has invited us to do, to think celestial, right? And to see these opportunities to grow and learn and develop as better disciples of Jesus Christ. Right. Austin, your question of how do you make time for the Lord, you're you're quoting the prophet there. Mm -hmm. President Nelson's admonishment to us, uh, his plea with us is to make time for the Lord. And that might look different for Sister Meredith than it does for me than it does for you. But I think we just hold on to that principle of making time for the Lord, we'll see great blessings. Yeah, I've really seen it since I've started my my semester here. I got home from my mission about a little over six months ago. So I had a little bit of time at home before I came up to Idaho. And I realized real fast how hard it was to continue putting those principles that I learned on my mission into daily life. Because so many things are just thrown at you. Distractions. Distractions, yes. yeah. And... You know, it was, I I struggled a lot when I came home just from culture shock. And then from realizing that those distractions took over my life so much faster than I thought they would. But my, I sat down with my dad and I was really just kind of ranting to him about how awful I felt that I was missing one or two days of a scripture study, you know, and me and him, we made a plan for when I got to school and that plan has worked for me. I, I wake up, I go to the gym, and when I come back, I that is my time to study before I do anything else. And that's my time that I allow the Lord into my life. And I think once people do that, when you allow the Lord into your life, He sees that effort, and He's going to help you throughout your day. He's going to help you no matter what if you're keeping the commandments. But when you verbally ask Him to be part of your life during that day to really help he will be there for you because he sh- he saw your effort in putting that and, and saying that little prayer in reading your scriptures, even if it's only one verse. He sees that little bit of effort and he's going to reward you for it. And like you said, not every day is a perfect day. Right. But when we think of Christ, 
when we use his atonement, we become new people, just like you said. And I've seen that I, even after my mission, I've become a brand new person. And I thought that, you know, my spiritual growth would hit a peak on my mission. And that when I came home, I'd kind of, you know, go back to where I was at. I just progressed slowly. And, you know, progression is slow, but I've seen that my progression has continued. It's continued to keep going towards perfection. I'm never going to reach it, not in this life. But as I strive to do what I can do in my personal life, I've seen the Lord bless me in so many countless ways. I love that. And I love that what you just said, as I focus on the things I I can do, right? Mm -hmm. Right. You have control over the things that you can do, right? And and I'm thrilled to hear that you're just continuing that steady upward direction in your spiritual growth. And that's how it should be. That's what the Lord wants for each of his children. Mm-hmm. Those two years were really important for your life yeah. and the same 18 months for every sister. But they were a beginning. Mm-hmm. They were a beginning, exactly. Yeah. Just the beginning. Awesome. Well, if you can give any advice to BYU-Idaho students for this coming winter semester, what advice would you give and why? I'm going to go back to your question. My advice would be make time for the Lord. And in conjunction with that, uh, if and when you feel discouraged, just remember that you can. Awesome. You can move forward with the Lord's help. Perfect. I think we're all super excited to hear you guys' devotional address here in in just just a few minutes, huh? That was BYU-Idaho's president, Alvin F. Meredith III, joined by his wife, Jennifer, and also our devotional speakers for this snowy first Tuesday of the semester. Thank you so much for joining me.